0: Hello, and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon.
1: This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Korva. And I'm Kikita Kaori. And we have a guest today. Yay. Uh, today, we have an interview with Josh Reynolds, who is the author of Poison River and a, a new book coming out, a second Daidoji mystery. Mystery called Jeff's Kiss welcome to the show Josh
2: uh, thank you, did, did you say Jeff's Kiss or Death's Kiss <laughs>
1: Death's Kiss Death's Kiss, right okay, I sorry, right.
2: I, I misheard, don't worry about it I was thinking it was a, uh, this was a different podcast don't worry about it Je- Jeff was not involved <laughs> no, uh, not in this book, no <laughs> that's one of my other books don't worry about that <laughs> Ooh. We don't talk about that. Uh,
1: yeah. I'm sure there had to be something around there, uh, on there anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for coming on our show. Uh, we enjoyed uh, Poison River very much. I had lots of people talking about it, and uh, I, I for one, have been able to read a preview copy of uh, Death's Kiss. Have you,
0: Kuro, yes, have you yeah, I had a chance to read that. It was good. Yep, yeah, really enjoyed it.
1: All right. So so we're excited to interview you again.
2: I'm glad to hear um, it. <laughs> I'm glad you still enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> yeah. You've been on our show before, but for those listeners who weren't around or listening then, could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Uh, well, my name's Josh Reynolds. Uh, I'm a tie in writer. Well, a writer, but I write a lot of tie in stuff. Uh, I've written for Black Library, uh, Aconite, Harlequin, Romance a couple of times. <laughs> that would be Jeff's Kiss I take it. Weirdly no, it was actually The Executioner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was yeah, it's a it was a Men's Adventure series uh okay. because Harlequin, the major romance novel uh publisher in the US also publishes Men's Adventure series like The Executioner and The Death Merchant.
0: Okay. Oh, there you go. So, well, I, yeah, okay. Go go for the other half of the the population.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um I've been a writer for oh god, how old am I? Um, a long time <laughs> a long time um, and I am very tired all the time uh. let's move on to the next question <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the first Shin novel uh, Poison River came out a while ago and um, how do you feel the response went to that what's the response been for Poison River how else has it been received?
2: I think it was received very positively. I mean, all the reviews I've read were good. Uh, <laughs> there were probably bad reviews that I didn't read. I think people liked it, which I'm, I'm you know, I'm really glad about. I, I mean, they
0: should. It was very good.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, but you know, it's it's always it's always a you know a coin toss to, to whether people like that kind of thing or not. It's true. I I think it was a bit of a risk because it wasn't the. I, 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 it wasn't in the Legend of the Five Rings mold, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there wasn't really a big emphasis on magic and there wasn't a big emphasis on honor, I guess, or or courtly behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, the, mm-hmm. I, like I think Curse of Honor and uh, Night Parade are, are much more classical Legend of the Five Rings books. You know they've got the stuff that you expect to see from like the the in-house fiction the game fiction um, you know the stuff you expect to see from the from the rule books and from the the fiction that goes along with the card game and and poison River just kind of wasn't any of that
0: <laughs> having said that so much of the 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 role playing game kind of assumption of okay, how are we getting all of these player characters from all these different clans together? It's a magistrate game. So it's oddly enough for a lot of people's starting experience, um, an investigation is pretty much on point.
2: Weirdly enough, well, I mean, you know, pretty much all RPGs don't they all kind of boil down to a mystery anyway? Mm.
0: Although sometimes it's how much how much loot does the dragon have? Yeah, how, how and how are we getting <laughs> it all
2: out of here? Yeah, how can we convince the dragon to give us all this loot? <laughs>
0: And I, I will, I will say that there was actually, I would say, there's quite an emphasis on proper courtly behaviour in uh, *Boys and River*, largely by Daidoji Shin, explicitly not doing it. doing that. Yeah, <laughs> like, like he knows exactly what to do. That's yeah. how he knows exactly what not to do.
2: And does it anyway. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's uh, it's
0: yeah. I feel you could form a fairly accurate portrayal of proper courtly behaviour just by watching Daidoji Shin and, and examining the negative space.
2: Yeah, I think so. It's it's like you know, it's like goofus and gallant, you know. It's and, and Daidoji Shin is the goofus. It's yeah. don't do what Daidoji Shin does. No.
0: Not unless you're as rich as he is,
2: anyway. Yeah, that's true. And that's and that's the core concept of the of the series. Rich people get away with stuff.
1: Yes. Yes um without giving any spoilers which is hard uh can you tell us a little bit about what your new book death's kiss is about
2: without giving away spoilers um well what, what we you know what we'll do is we'll just go off the back what the back cover material says so essentially it's the doji shin has been wrangled into investigating a crime in the unicorn lands and it's a crime which is already happened already been solved there's already a culprit and someone is already going to be tried and executed for it so it's less a mystery and more a perry mason episode yeah with that uh, doji shin showing up and going but wait that's not what happened Let me get my phoenix right haircut uh, yeah it's a uh, you know it, it's i didn't quite get the big courtroom scene in there i wanted but but you know there's shades of it in there um yeah, it's 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 a little along the the same lines as Poison River, I think, with the the politics and a crime that no one wants to admit happened because it's just easier if it goes away. Uh, and De Shin doing what he does, which is basically going, no, I'm going to solve this anyway. And uh, you can't really stop me because I'm here now. And, you know, I'm not leaving. Uh, and all the other characters reacting to that. I was invited. Yeah, I was invited. You can't kick me out now. This was your idea, not mine. I I was setting up the theater. (laughs) I didn't want to come. But now that I'm here, I'm not leaving. Yep. 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 That's that's pretty much it. It is is literally just him being annoying for 300 pages. So if you like the first book where he was annoying for 300 pages, you'll like the second book where he is also annoying, (laughs) but to a different group of people for 300 pages.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, we love him that way. We
0: do. We do. <laughs> so, was this, did you start this uh, pretty much after Poison River, or was there a bit of a, a percolation time? Did, you, did it take a time for the idea to come out?
2: I submitted it. I submitted the pitch for it right after I finished Poison River. Um, right. And it got accepted right after I finished Poison River. But I didn't actually start it until January of this year. So I started in January, finished it in mid-February. Um, there weren't very many rewrites on this one uh, because I'd kind of figured out what I was doing yeah. beforehand, unlike Poison River, where I kind of figured out what I was doing about halfway through it. Like for this one, I knew the, I knew the solution to the mystery before I started writing. That's often helpful, I hear. Yeah. Poison River, not really. <laughs> kind of, sort of, <laughs> not really. In general, I knew the solution. Yeah, but yeah, it, it. Um, I I started it this year and got it finished.
1: Yeah, so this one only took about this one took about a month and a half to write. Then I was going to ask you how long it yeah. took to write, but you told us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool.
2: No, yeah, it was a it was it was a relatively painless process. Um, this was a this was a very surprising book to write because mm-hmm. usually it takes me about two months to get a workable draft, yeah. and and this one just kind of clicked along. Nicely.
0: Yeah, so so <laughs> somewhat <laughs> nice. different to, to the first one, yeah.
2: Yeah. The the first one took a little bit longer, just like I said, because I hadn't quite figured out all the all the bits and bobs and I was still kind of reading through all of the the background material to to synthesize it, to make it work in the story. And then this one I'd already done all the reading, so it was really just a matter of refreshing myself every so often.
0: Um, so, so you've written Time fiction for a fair few kind of uh, probably, probably I, about
2: uh, yeah about uh, since about 2011 so
0: yeah so do you find that happens a lot where the first one is much more i have to figure out the world and how my plot fits into it and then the second one is easier or was it different even than that for death's kiss compared to poison river
2: it, yeah, it, usually the second one, because you figured out the characters and you figured out the character dynamics and you've got kind of you've got kind of a formula that you can set up. And I know, I know formula is yeah. often a dirty word when it comes to novels uh, and movies and stuff, but it is it is a thing. You know, you, yeah. you figure out how your characters get involved in the plot, why they're involved in the plot, and then you let them do what they do. And once you have a, a set of strong characters, it becomes really easy just to say, Okay, well, this one is set on a boat, or this one is mm. set at a wedding, um, both of which are pitches <laughs> that I've made, yeah. um, and and you just go from there because the characters, once you've established them, you know how they're going to react, and you know what they're capable of, so you just let them tell the story. Kind of that's a that's probably not a it's not an in depth way of it, describing it, but it's 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 that it's basically you just you you know what they're going to do. So you sit down and you'd let them do it and you clean it up afterwards.
1: That makes total sense to me. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Although it's actually kind of interesting that you are taking a Mithi Daidoji Shin has a bit of a, a supporting cast. Oh yeah. Which yeah, yeah. he got to take with him, but you are also transpiring him into a, a different setting, like a whole different city for this one. So yeah. in many ways you, you, have the established characters, but you also have a whole bunch of new ones, which I thought
2: was quite interesting. Oh yeah, well, it's is one of my one of my vices as a writer is I like creating characters, and I'll tend to come up with characters before I actually have a use for them in the story. So a lot of times my writing is based on, oh, I've come up with this really good character. Where am I going to put him or her? Or <laughs> one one of the more important characters in in Death River, who I will not spoil, came about. Uh, literally like that. Like I, I came up with the concept of her and then just decided to put her in this book because why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I thought she was a cool character idea and stuck her in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I think, I think I know which one you mean, but yeah. Yeah.
1: In death's kiss, the tradition is going to unicorn Lance. Um, What do you feel like are the major characteristics of the unicorn? That make them work for this story?
2: Well, what I wanted was to send a Doji Shin someplace where he would get yelled at by people who would not necessarily care that he was of a higher rank. It, it, my interpretation of the unicorn is that while a lot of the other clans consider them barbaric they're not actually barbaric they're just very pragmatic and very what's a good word they're very pragmatic and they they're not very concerned about the niceties of of court or of courtly life so you know they they will talk back to a superior they will you know they have kind of a almost like a kind of a wild west feel is is what i wanted where your intent matters more than how you phrase it or what you say about it. Um, and that was, that was kind of the feel I wanted to go for with the, with the, with the town was that it's a town, you know, where there's, you know, there's an active crime cartel, there's active criminal stuff happening and it's not someplace that the, the law can really affect because, you know, it's, it's just a wild place. And that, that, that's, that's kind of the, the first thing that occurred to me when I thought about the unicorn was, what are their lands like? Well, probably kinda wild and footloose and they're probably not really concerned with ensuring that imperial law is followed right down the, the line. So Shin might be able to get away with more more of his tricks, or maybe less, because they'll know you know, they'll see what he's doing and, and call him on it. Where other other clan members of other clans might be too polite to call out the fact that Shin is trying to get away with something. <laughs> um That was, you know, it it was it was just kind of my a lot of it had to do with the setting, with the with the city itself, Uh, because I'd I'd read about the city on the in the background stuff. And I was like, wow, this would be a good place to set a murder mystery because there's hot there's you know, there's there's onsens and, you know, there's criminals and it's like, oh, this just this would be a great place to set it. And then the story wound up being completely different than what I envisioned, so <laughs> so some of the, some of that didn't happen exactly the way I, what I was expecting it to happen, yeah, I was expecting like a you know I was I was coming up with the idea, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a real Philip Marlowe dirty underbelly of Roccagunnny society thing, and then it was like, mm. "Nope, nope, that is not what that is <laughs> that is this is a comedy of this is a comedy of manners happening here, yeah, there's no down these mean streets a tattered soul goes.
0: Well, the, 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 <laughs> some, some of the streets were fairly mean, but
2: yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah, know, but Shin didn't go down anymore.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> not until then. Yeah. So, was there any, Was there a particular bit that you, you felt was like this is the most fun part of the book to write?
2: Well, there's a, there's actually there's actually two scenes. the The first scene is the very early in the book where Shin is kind of introduced to the principal players of of the city and it's a and it's a party scene and there's just a little bit where shin starts where he takes over the decorations <laughs> and i don't know why i find that so funny but there's just a bit where like the you know the his host is has his servants a you know putting up the decorations for to welcome these people to the to the house and shin just kind of takes over and starts you know putting up his own decorations that he brought with him I was like that's that's kind of a crane of thing to do, isn't it?
0: Was mm, is it just yes. a jerk thing to do or is it both? You know? Well, according both. depending on who you ask.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was just that it was just that like uh, you know, I wrote that scene and I was like this is just a really this is just this is the bit that really explains his character is he brought his own decorations for a party he wasn't invited to <laughs> and nobody wants it there, but he's still going to make them look at his decorations
1: we've gotten more questions about why you are using a crane and not a Kitsuki. And it's like, cause he's that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. not a Kitsuki. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. It, 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 like I could answer that question now if you want, because I've got a really good answer for it. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. It's because Kitsuki are, are cops. They have a chain of command. They're, and they're in the middle, you know, they're lower in the middle of the chain of command. So they're cops or they're CSI but they're official and shin is not shin is a very rich very influential person who is allowed to do what he wants which means at no point in any time in any of the stories can anyone short of the governor actually bully him into doing anything which is often a trope of of crime and mystery fiction is that the detective gets gets stomped on by someone higher up the food chain and you know you know you 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 know you stop investigating this case or we'll pull your license. Stop investigating this case or we'll throw you in jail. And no one can actually do that to Shin. Because I, I hate that scene. Because it comes up in everything. Every movie. Every television show. Like, I happened to catch like five episodes of Law & Order SVU one time. I was sick. Hmm. I wasn't thinking. I watched it. In every single episode, they threatened to take the late lady's badge. Yeah. Every single, like, I don't think the episodes were in sync. Like, I think they were out of order because they were, because her hairstyle changed every episode. That's a good way to tell that it was, it was out of order, but it was like, you're threatening to take her badge for doing her job. But it's, it's, it's that, it's that trope of the, you know, the, the cop who's investigating something they don't want solved. So they have to push back against the system. And it's like, that's, you know, that's a great story, but it's, it's a well that gets gone to, a lot with mystery fiction, with crime fiction. And so I wanted to have a character where you can't do that. You know, nobody's going to come to him and say, stop investigating. Cause Shin's just going to go, well, no, as he does in death's kiss multiple <laughs> times yeah. where people say, stop investigating. He goes, no, <laughs> what are you going to do about it? <laughs> um,
1: no, that makes sense. What was the other scene you were going to talk about?
2: Is it is a scene from, uh, late in the book, where Shin finally gets to go to uh, an onsen or a bathhouse, uh, and I wrote it specifically just to make my editor happy, <laughs> because she uh, one one because I needed to include a fight scene. So there's a fight scene. Spoiler alert: mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: there's
2: a fight scene in a bathhouse. <laughs> but she uh, she she seemed to enjoy it a lot. I included it just for her, just because I kind of figured she'd make me cut it because I thought it was a little bit too much, you know. Because um, it's a naked fight scene, so I'm I'm not spoiling anything by saying it's a naked fight scene. In fact, I might encourage people to buy the book that way. <laughs> <laughs> there was steam everywhere; you couldn't see anything. Yeah, but it's it's like it's like I was figured she would go, okay, yeah, that's that's a bit much, pull it back, and she did not. She did not. So I uh, so it's in the book now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Speaking as a female reader, yeah, I was appreciated. that was hilarious, and I loved it it was great
2: and it was and it was funny like it was I made sure that it was it was a little bit slapstick you know yes yeah. <laughs> just a little bit um but that that was you know those those were my two two of my favorite scenes there's there's others I like um there's a scene where Shin is on horseback racing through the streets that I thought was. You know, it's not a long scene, but it's just kind of an the, the image. I like the image. But yeah, that's, the, those were my the, my two favorites, I think. The, the ones that I wrote and kind of went, yeah, this is, this is all this book is. <laughs> this is what this book is about.
1: <laughs> um, was there anything from this novel that was particularly hard to write? Any pieces that were just really difficult to figure out?
2: Most of what was difficult about this book had to do with the infrastructure of how that city would work because I knew nothing about hot springs and I knew nothing about like hot spring towns in Japan. So I had to do a tremendous amount of research for basically 500 words worth of description. You know, a page of description required me to do like, you know, four or five hours of research to to double check and figure out how the water got everywhere and then figure out how water, the, Of the two unicorn families involved, the two vassal families are uh forge families, so they make armor. Um, they make armor for men. One you know, one family makes armor for men, one makes armor for horses, barding, and they both use leather products. So, I had to figure out in the background it says both of those you know, one of those families is there because they make use of the hot springs. I said, I had to figure out. What in particular about a hot spring would make you want to use it for, for leather making? Because I knew you had to use hot water for leather making, but I was like, would a hot spring be the right kind of hot water? And so I'd do a bunch of research, and it turned out, yes, actually, a hot spring would be perfectly fine. It's just going to dye the water. It's going to dye the armor a weird color. But, you know, it, it was. It, I did a lot of research on hot springs and on sulfides and leather making, none of which really comes up in the book at any point. <laughs> It's just—it's just like the first book. I did—I did tons of research on kabuki in the first book, and doesn't really doesn't really matter. <laughs> you just have to write some role playing supplements so we can we can get the benefit. Oh god! If somebody—if somebody, yeah, if somebody would offer me money to write a role playing supplement, yes.
0: That's always the problem, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you were talking about the the two vassal families that form the core of the conflict in Death's Kiss. Mm-hmm. So how do you, you see the role of vassal families and how they are, where they sit in Rokigani society?
2: From my reading, I've always seen them as s- sort of the, the foundation for the clans. The, va- the vassal families do the labor that the clans profit by. So they're the ones that make the they make the food they make the armor they make the art and the great clans are the ones that the, basically the vassal families are the middle managers of Rokugani society um, they're the ones that do ninety percent of the work and the great clans do the other ten percent of the work and claim they did a hundred percent you know and that might be a little unfair to some of the great clans but yeah.
0: It, it, yeah, more the the like the Daidoji family. Yeah, most of what is done by the Do, Do, Dai Doji family is done by actually vassal families. and The Dai Jojis kind of sit on top.
2: Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. it, and it's you know it, it's a it's a very feudal kind of not quite feudal but but close to a, a feudal a feudal way of looking at it. Um, and I I I was kind of interested to write about so many vassal families because I realized in writing it. That that Shin was actually going to be the highest, the person of the highest social rank, really. Um, whereas in Poison River, he was a mostly equivalent rank to everyone he was talking to except the governor. Um, you know, so it was a more of a, a game of equals. But when he comes to the city, he's he's really the top of the heap. Um, barring one or two other characters, he's he doesn't really have to play nice and he doesn't really, I mean, he, he's you know, he's polite and he's nice, but he's also, there's, there's a couple of scenes where he gets a bit, you know, you, you see a little bit of Shin's nasty side or a little bit of his condescending crane mask, I guess you'd call it where he's intentionally being a bit of a, yes, I'm better than you and you know it and I know it. And now I'm going to show off a little bit just to make you feel extra bad. Uh, There's a, you know, there's, there's an archery scene and a couple of other scenes where he's just kind of enjoying the fact that he's on top, Um, you know, and it's all for, it's all for a purpose, but it's, that's, it was, it was, it was sort of an interesting thing I wanted to explore. I don't know how well I did, but I wanted to, to kind of explore Shin dealing with people who were a little below him in the pecking order, but who could still argue with him respectfully, mostly, but you know they have they have to be careful around him he doesn't have to be careful around them i guess and i wanted to kind of explore what that's like you know so again like i said i don't i don't know how well i did i hope i did a good job but that was that was what i was aiming at in a general sort of in a general sort of way that i aim at anything
1: <laughs> no i think it's been really interesting in legend of the five rings in general in the fictions they tend to concentrate Primarily on the on just the the main families of the clans and and they don't ha- even have lists of the vassal families except like in a footnote. So it's it's interesting to see that take and and absorb that take for 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 readers because it's due. and uh, well, and I think it's good. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, expanding on that and probably you know re- directly related. Um, and you've explained this a little bit, but how do you see like the class dynamics working in a world such as this, especially, you know, as you go down below the uh, uh, vassal families into the other other social case, because that does have a part to play in this book in particular. Um, is it difficult to write? And, um, you know, how do you, how do you see that working?
2: It's a bit difficult to write because you have to remember that the lower the lower classes don't really have they can't they can't disagree or argue with their superiors, really. Or if they do, they have to be very careful about how they word it. So it requires, at least for me, it required me to think about the interactions between characters lower in the social strata and, and those higher. Um and a lot of times, I just kind of avoid it by having Shin have. That's why Shin has uh, his manservant and you know go out and question people of of lower quest because he doesn't want to. Sh- you know, basically Shin doesn't want to show up and have someone be too afraid to talk to him. Yeah. Or tell him what they think he wants to hear. So he sends someone you know kind of rough and 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 ready like Katano and says go go you know go talk to the servants go tell me what the servants say go go talk to the gamblers go talk to the the prostitutes go go talk to these people that I can't be seen talking to and who wouldn't talk to me and then bring me back that information so that I can do what I do with it
0: yeah mm-hmm. i think that's one of the aspects that a lot of people who play the game especially the role playing game find difficult to wrap their heads around the how hierarchical the system is yeah and the closest i think i could really come up with is like it, imagine the whole thing is the military and yeah and if you're a private and a colonel comes up to you and starts asking you questions and you think they're an idiot and what they're saying is totally wrong there's a limit to what you can say yeah like mm-hmm. and that's kind of what the situation people can be in and it can it it it's terrible from the point of view of the the private, but it can be terrible from the point of view of the colonel, who is not getting information from people
2: yeah and that's a, it's a yeah. mess <laughs> and and that, and that is frankly another reason you know to go back to the question of why did you pick a crane rather than a katsuki it's this is this is one of the reasons is because Shin is high enough up that he has servants who can go out and ask those questions for him, but he's also high enough that he can confront most people of superior class or, or cl- high class as an equal which means he can have the nice little ba- back and forth and the banter with with other nobles whereas if he were a kitsuki he couldn't really you know he he would have to hold his tongue he would have to be respectful he would have to be quiet you know he could think it but he couldn't say it um, it's, it's yeah it's it's the I think I think my watchword when dealing with any of that is just careful. Yeah. Every, you know, if you're down, if you're down one level from whoever you're talking to, you have to be careful what you say to them or how you phrase it. And some, some nobles might give more lenience. Like Shin gives a lot of lenience to, to Katano and Kasami where other nobles wouldn't, you know, but you know, it's, it's, it would depend on, you know, depends on the noble, depends on the person they're talking to, depends on the situation, but it's, it's all, it's all about, you know, careful and about examining those interpersonal relationships and those societal relationships and kind of figuring out where everybody is on the status list and who they can get away with talking to in a normal tone of voice and who they have to be meek and mild in front of. And it's, yeah, it it was difficult. It was, it's, it's very difficult to kind of remember that kind of thing. And there are a couple of places where I erred on the side of good storytelling over, proper decorum and, and interpersonal dynamics uh, just because sometimes you have to do that. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you have any ideas of where you might like to take Daidojishin from here? Oh, I think the impression notes. I got is yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got a stack of pitches. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually working <laughs> on a pitch for another book right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um. Yay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, which which will be I've I've noticed in some of the reviews people are a bit upset about not upset but people are a bit annoyed that the mysteries aren't harder to solve in the books.
0: Uh, and you oh, are you going? Oh, right then.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> what I did. Uh, <laughs> and it, and it, like the mysteries are easy to solve in the first two books, intentionally so because I'm, yeah. I'm kind of writing in that Ellis Peters vein of. You know, you're not reading these for the mystery. You're reading it for the characters. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You're not reading it it's, for the plot. It's so much, yeah.
0: It's it's not it's, yeah it's not so much the mystery. It's the story of a character yeah. finding out about the mystery.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. But I've decided that for the third one, I'm just going to go full Agatha Christie, and I'm going to do what Agatha Christie did best, which is cheat. So you're going to think you've solved the mystery, <laughs> but actually you haven't because there's information that you were not privy to as the reader. Yes, yes. Uh, and then we're going to see how the reviews turn out. Uh, but there there are others of. Uh, you know, I, I want to get away. Like the first two books, these first two books have been very not political, but there's been a lot of, you know, the fate of interpersonal relationships between the clans involved and the threat of war. And so the next couple are going to be much smaller in stake. So there's going to be, you know, it's going to be a murder, but it's not going to be. Uh, you know, a fate of a nation kind of murder. It's going to be a fate of one person or two people.
0: Yes, it's it's not going to be if this mm-hmm. isn't sorted out. Then these two people, these two groups of people, are going to go with to war with each other.
2: Yeah, it's going to be very much. This person will be punished. You know, <laughs> and and like I said, there's there's a you know there's a there's a pitch about a boat. I still want to pitch. Um, you know, best, you know, definitely, Death on the Nile kind of kind of mystery. Uh, I've got one that's set at a wedding that I mentioned earlier that I'm having a lot of fun kind of adding ideas to It will involve mistaken identities at a wedding. And Shin takes over the wedding. Oh God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wedding planning. <laughs> yes. I, I, I mean that in the, in the best yeah. possible way. Like I want to see that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what my editor said. <laughs> 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 but it, you know, I, I, I would love to do, there's a certain group in death's kiss, uh, who, who will come back. Not anytime soon.
0: They, they really had a kind of, Oh, we'll be seeing them again. Kind of feel. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. And frankly, I was very surprised that uh, fantasy flight let me use them. <laughs> um, mm. cause it was just a weird, like it was just a one, it was just a random suggestion I made and they were kind of like, yes, go run with it. <laughs> I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Excellent. Uh, so they will be back, um, though I do not have a, an idea in mind for them. But that is something I would like to get back to in the future. I would love to have Shin visit the Mantis Islands at some point with pirates.
0: Oh. Again, again, <laughs> when I say, oh, no, I mean that in in the absolute best possible way. It's like, oh, no. Come on, oh, Shin. Oh, dear.
2: <laughs> he's, got, he's got a pirate on his payroll. Why does, why has he not met the
0: pirates yet? Oh, he is just going to be lounging on on the beach, sipping yep. the Rogan equivalent of Mai Tai, is causing problems.
2: Yep. Um, <laughs> and you know, and and there's, I, I would love, I I have an idea in mind for a book set during the Winter Court, but it's it's one of those ideas that ha, it was it's I can't write it now. It needs it needs like four or five books to build up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 'Cause that's that's a big that's a big boy playground kind of thing. That's a that's a Shin yes. put on your big boy pants. Oh yes and yeah. That's a threat that's a you know that's a threat to the royal family kind of thing. I have I do have an idea where Shin encounters a Kitsuki investigator. Oh the, again, yeah. yeah. Because just because I think that'll be hilariously funny. <laughs> um,
1: oh, I could see sparks fly. <laughs> they piss each other off.
0: I absolutely want him to be schooled. Yeah. But at the same time because the, the approaches are very different and he does do a little bit, but I'd love him to actually meet someone
2: who knows how to do it. Absolutely
0: yeah. yes, and is seriously his equal and can school him. But at the okay. same time, he brings something else to the equation. He brings yeah. something else to the party.
2: It's yeah, it's really it's very, like it's like it's I I very much want to have a book where he has to deal with a rival detective yeah. and, and is a bit on the back foot.
0: Yeah. It, you see it a lot in the detective fiction. You know, where, where it's like Holmes and um, I've literally forgotten his name. I had his name at the beginning of the sentence. To the, Mycroft. No, not Mycroft. Because I'm talking <laughs> about the the cop he always always deals oh, with. Lestrade.
2: Lestrade,
0: uh, thank you. Lestrad. Sh- Sherlock deals with Lestrade, but Lestrade's an idiot. Yeah, or at least he seems that way compared to Holmes.
2: Yeah, actually, if you and, if you re- if you read the stories, Lestrade's not actually an idiot. He's actually a very good no. police officer. <laughs>
0: No, but the, the yeah, but the yeah. problem is he he his job is to make Holmes look smart. Yeah, what you much. very rarely see is the brilliant detective going up against the brilliant detective who does it differently. Yeah, and is genuinely good. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that's. I mean, I, I think that's a could be a really fun dynamic.
2: And I mean, there's a. I just got finished reading. Um, I reread the Arsene Lupin stories, which is about the the French thief. And there's a a series of the stories called Arsene Lupin versus Herlock (laughs) Sholmes. which is, that's so subtle. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was, it was written at the time that Conan Doyle was writing Sherlock Holmes. Yes. And, and just reading that where it's like this master, you know, this master thief and criminal going up against Sherlock Holmes. I'm like, I kind of want Shin to fight, you know, a a master, you know, a master thief. I Mm. want to write a book where there's no murder it's just Shin going up to get somebody who keeps stealing stuff out from under him. Oh yeah.
1: Uh-huh.
2: You know, and it, and it's, and so there's that kind of, you know, tension between Shin and someone who's very good at their job and, yeah. but their job is stealing crap that Shin would rather than not steal. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, there's, there's, I've got, I've got tons of ideas. Um, I've got a notebook full basically, <laughs> Some of them are one sentence oh, going. to read them all. Hmm. Shin gets stuck in a swamp. Uh, <laughs> to, you know, more involved ideas like Shin gets involved in the, you know, the politics of, you know, the lion during uh, a wedding ceremony. Yeah. That's, that's the wedding one is about the lion.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: Uh. You know, Shin flirts with the wrong scorpion. <laughs> that's <laughs> another uh, one. Uh,
0: that you 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 would really have to narrow that one down. <laughs> <laughs> all of them.
2: Uh, yeah. As we see, as we see from death's kiss, Shin not will literally flirt with anything? Um, yeah. Unfortunately, they're all the one scorpion. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that sounds uh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. It, so they, it's, they do yeah. sound
1: so good. I would, I would, I would love to see, you know, when we get to that point, I, I, I hope you get to write all of them or at least yeah. any of them. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see you know when we when we finally get there you know to the point where Shin like has to crack a little bit, mm. and, and and it's some, it's coming. Have a personal story that would be cool.
2: It it is coming. Um, at some point I I need to I want to introduce Shin's grandfather into the story, um, um because he has not been named mainly because. Mm-hmm. I have an idea of who the character is supposed to be, but I'm not sure if there's a corresponding character in the lore. Got so you. I want to, I need to make sure before that happens.
0: Do I, um, do I need to mm-hmm. make one or steal
2: one? Yeah, basically. Um, and if I steal one, is that okay? Yeah. 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 You know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, but there's, you know, there's, there's all kinds of like, I'm, I'm slowly with each book. I'm kind of ramping up the, the ties on Shin. The first book, he's yeah. fairly fancy free. Mm-hmm. The second book, second book, it is not a spoiler to say he has a kabuki troupe, and he bought the theater they set on fire in the first book.
0: So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's fancy free enough that he can he can swan off to a whole different city, but yeah. at the same time,
2: yeah. But it's it's very much like you're starting. To, I'm starting to add a little bit of weight to his mm-hmm. to his life.
0: I'm 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 just imagining the those anime starting sequences where you watch episode one and there are all these characters showing up in the intro, and then the actual episode is like there's three people. Yeah, there's there's like the main character and like two other people and that's it. And it's like where are these other people coming in? And they get built and built and built and built.
2: Pretty pretty much yeah. It's it's very much like that. Um, it, and so and some of the characters like uh, Batu. The, the magistrate from mm-hmm. Death's Kiss, you know, will will reappear later. He's not a one off character. He's going to come Ooh. back. Yeah, I like that. Uh, he's neat. Yeah. and he's because you know he's a strong contrast to Shin. Um, yes,
3: uh-huh. even
2: though he's a bit of a doormat. Uh, but it, it's you start adding those characters, and then that that it's a, it's almost like a, a slow burn. So Shin can't crack in the second book or the third book. So you need you need two or three books showing him at his best. And then like there are there are things that happened in the first book and in the second book that will come back to bite him in the rear. Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You know, and and like in the second book, it is made very clear that he has done something a little bit stupid. And, you know, he's bluffing his way through it, but you know, it it'll, might, be, it'll be fine narrator.
0: It was not fine.
2: It was not fine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and, and that's, and that's kind of my, my theory of series characters is you, you can't, you can't jump into the, you can't jump into the fire right from the get go. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta give it time, you know? Um, so, but there, you know, there is, there is personal stuff. Like I am, I am planning, some body blows to to Shin's uh, ego in the next in the next book, and probably probably you know the book after that. There's going to be some definite kind of a little bit of humbling. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. like the, the the third book. If the if the third book if the pitch is successful, the third book has a very there's a very definite tone of Shin is under a lot of extreme stress from multiple sources, and He's not, you know, he's going to solve the mystery because that's not really in doubt. But it's, you know, he's going to be he's going to be a bit frazzled by the end of it more so than he is in yeah, the yeah. first two because it's a lot more personal and it's a lot more the time the, the he's got a lot less time to do stuff. There's a, there's a ticking clock in the third one, uh, which I I hope will uh, lend some urgency to the story.
1: I hope we I hope we get to read it, and I fear if we ask yeah, you any absolutely. more about it, then we will spoil it for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, we did get a couple of, we did get a couple of questions from our readers. Um, and uh, one of our readers wanted to know what made you want to feature the Cat clan in Poison River, or at least a member thereof?
2: Serendipity um, mainly. <laughs> it was I. I created the character of Akuni without knowing the cat clan really existed because I was still reading through the books when I created her. And I went back to the minor clans because I was like, oh, well, she, you know, she should be from a minor clan, something a little interesting. And then I read the cat clan entry. And it was like, oh, they're acrobats and actors and also shinobi. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, that saves me some work. <laughs> um, yep. No, that was mainly it. It was it was mainly I had a character in mind, and the Cat Clan fit every criteria of that character. So I just went with it. Perfect. And, <laughs> you know, it worked. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can't, I can't remember if we, we talked about this last time, but obviously with Legend of the Five Rings, we're dealing with a setting that's based on largely Japanese culture with, with influences from other places, especially in the unicorn because you're dealing with um, Mongol culture yeah. Or at least derived from. Yeah. Did you find that difficult? Um, was there stuff that was particularly difficult in there? Um, do you have a, a means of making sure that you're doing this right, respectfully, and doing it well? Well – And what are the challenges?
2: A lot of the – the weird, weirdly, a lot of the challenges aren't the big stuff, the big respectful stuff. The, the challenges are the small cultural stuff. So for me – the you know the problem I have is remembering what side people carry their swords on, you know where their sword goes when they kneel down in front of someone of superior rank. Um, how you're supposed to address somebody, you know what what are the polite modes of, of address? What are the impolite modes of address? What food is eaten? When is this food eaten? You know because there's all there's all sorts of little cultural there's cultural peculiarities to Rokugan that are separate from the culture it's based on. And it's sometimes you have to, you know, you, it's very easy to go, Oh, well, Japan was like this in this period. But one of the, one of the characters in Deskiss kiss is blind in, in the Japan of the period closest to Rokugan's period, the blind were not well treated. Uh, They were very badly treated unless they happen to be rich and even then still, still not great. So in, in the first draft of the book, I include that prejudice and not, not much, just little bits of it in dialogue and stuff where, where to kind of show how badly this character is faring. And fantasy flight got back to me and said, this is historically accurate, but this is not how Rokugan treats the blind. And I said, okay. And removed it. Uh, and that's and that's a handy thing of having two sets of sensitivity readers because Aconite has sensitive sensitivity readers and Fantasy Flight have sensitivity readers who go over the stuff and go this is accurate to the historical period but not to the IP. Right, right. Or mm-hmm. or this is, you know, this might come across as insensitive because you know, you have one character, you know, your only disabled character is nominally an antagonist in the book. So, you know, disabled readers might feel a bit a bit bad about that so you go okay well how do we fix that and then you you come up with some solutions to fix it and and you incorporate them into the book um for for me it's mostly just reading about the period you know what i do is i read about the period i ask questions of people who know more about the period than i do um i'm blessed with many friends who are historians and Cultural historians and military historians and, you know, smart people who can kind of I can send an email to and go, what sources do I need to read to to get this right? Or how would this have happened? And they kind of, you know, shoot me back if they have time they shoot me back an email going, we'll read this, this and this or, you know, read this essay I wrote in yeah. university, you know, <laughs> and and you just you, you know, you you read what you can, you read what's available to you and then. If someone points out a problem, you change it, you fix it. That's, that's really all you can do is just be as respectful as you can as a, as a writer and then hope that if there's a problem that you've missed, someone will point it out and give you a chance to, to fix it.
1: I think that really answered the question very well.
2: Well, (laughs) I hope (laughs) I try. I'd like to answer one question very well. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, for instance, in, uh, in, in Poison River, Kasami is very impolite at numerous points um, with her hand on her sword and stuff like that. And reading more background material as it came in, I realized that that's, that's actually a big no-no. So I changed it. So Death's Kiss, she doesn't do that anymore because I, you know, I read that material and was like, oh, I got that wrong. I'm just going to quietly change up that behavior and change up that tick. You know, it's and I'm sure there's stuff I got wrong in Death's Kiss. Some of it I know I got wrong that I, I did intentionally, but some of it I got wrong without without meaning to. And hopefully, by the time I if I write the third one, if a, if a third one's commissioned, hopefully, uh, I'll have have more information or someone will have sent me a note going, "Don't do this next time." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and since I like my job, I will listen. <laughs>
1: That makes good sense to me. Now, we got one final question, which I'll read it straight as, but I, I think this will be difficult to answer. It was If you could write for the current meta plot or characters, what areas would you like to explore? But I'm going to rephrase that a bit because I don't think you are totally abreast of all of the current meta plot as it's going on, and it's changing really rapidly right now in the uh, RP in the lcg storyline side because i don't know
2: stuff's happening
1: a giant oni walkthrough
2: (laughs) so most of the meta plot is being driven by the card game right
1: Uh uh-huh
2: right so i haven't actually played a a collectible card game since spellfire because i had a bad spellfire habit (laughs) does anyone remember spellfire (laughs)
0: No, um, I. The, the problem is when it first started. When when the, when the the card game revolution started, there were just
2: so many. Spe- spellfire was Dungeons and Dragons' answer to Magic: The Gathering.
0: Yes, that was vaguely mm-hmm. what I was, I was remembering. Yeah,
2: I had a bad Spellfire habit. <laughs> I had I had a gambling habit based on Spellfire. Oh no! I was winning money.
1: Oh
0: no! I was winning yeah. money. <laughs> Because when when yeah, there was, it was crazy
2: times, yeah. Oh God, it was wild west. I was I was I was there. <laughs> I was there for that first edition of Magic. I had a shiv and Dragon, man. I had I had I had most of the lotuses, but yeah. So so after after Spellfire, I decided never to play another trading card game. <laughs> and lights. so so basically, I was only I was only vaguely aware of the Legends of the Five Rings trading card game. And enough, you know, I, I kind of kept up with the storyline through friends, but I'm about 10 years behind.
0: We shall have to point you at, at, at the fictions of um, yeah. FFG's version, because all the fictions are online, so you don't actually need to... Oh, well, that, that would be
1: great. You don't need to play the game.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't, yeah, I, I can't, I can't do it. Can't go back, I can't go back there. No, uh, it was a bad time, it was a dark time.
0: <laughs> you weren't there, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. No, I, I, I was on the periphery, I kind of, very early on uh decided I'm never going to play one of these games but yeah I, I saw how crazy it
2: could get I saw, I saw somebody tackle somebody for a for a booster pack wow <laughs> tables were flipped violence <laughs> it was awful oh and there wasn't nothing in that booster pack anyway
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gotta rewrite that question before we go too far on the on the booster pack thing um I'm gonna I'm gonna rewrite that question it's like so if you could completely control the setting all right and okay. you could make stories that made large dramatic that because of the course of your story made large and dramatic changes to the world all right you could mm-hmm. overthrow the emperor you could do all kinds of... Big changes to the clans. What are areas that you would like to explore as a writer?
2: Now that's interesting. Reading the background material, there's I've always wondered what it would be like if the natural order of the clans was upended somehow. So you had different clans. I know. I know in the background of the in the historical background of the game. Different clans have been preeminent at different times. But what I would do is have a point where the emperor is disposed and there is a you'd have a, a child emperor and one of the clans takes control of the empire, basically takes that child into their protection and thereby de facto controls the empire and you have the other clans reacting to this and what you would do is make it one of the clans that you would not expect so not the crane not the lion you do yeah, the dragon you know or the unicorn uh, so you do one of the one of the clans that's kind of on the periphery of the of the big central events or that wouldn't naturally head for a political or military solution they take the child in their protection and then you kind of you see how everything shakes out you know, what, what happens, what wars happen, what, what char, you know, what do some characters agree are a lot, do alliances shift Do natural alliances, older alliances shift and change? Does someone decide that there needs to be a new ruling family, you know, or does, a, is there another contender to the throne, which would also be something I would, I would do is, you know, if you're going to have a dynasty, a dynastic struggle, you need a couple of members of the dynasty.
0: Mm. we mm-hmm. we slight spoilers for what's yeah. going on in in rock again at the minute but we currently do have two imperial princes who are both currently misplaced okay it's complicated <laughs> and uh, yeah you could you could genuinely end up with a i was i i'm kind of looking forward to a northern and southern court period of rock again See, yeah that really would have two emperors that would be interesting
2: because because for me the interesting thing is figuring out where the clans land and the dynamics within each clan, you know, aren't you know some some of the families of each clan aren't necessarily going to agree to support one emperor or the other. Yes, um, yes. I I also don't know that I would have the shadow any involvement from what's his name Fuling Fuling yeah the Shadowlands Fuling yeah. yeah so yeah the Shadowlands has the always been what like. yeah it's it's kind of have the the Shadowlands almost recede. So they're quiet. <laughs> Shadowlands going.
0: Oh, it's the politics. End. Oh, okay. I oh, know it's okay. We'll hold back.
2: Yeah, hold back. Well, no. Well, yeah, but it's it's <laughs> it's quiet because it's it's a threat. That's that's if that threat goes out of the picture, what do the cra- what do the the crab do? Yeah, exactly. Because their whole their whole ethos is wrapped up in defending, you know, defending from from the Shadowlands. What happens if the Shadowlands go away? Yeah, yeah. Or fade. Or what if happens if the Shadowlands pop up somewhere else? You know what if there's a what if there's a, a flaw in their in their system in their defense system that all of a sudden the crab aren't really doing their job anymore, you know they're they're trying but they're failing and no one knows why, you know I, I would I, basically I would do anything that kind of upsets the status quo but not in such a way as to break it, you don't want to break the status quo you just want to keep it fluid keep it moving and, and add interesting angles for everyone to explore and you want to add interesting angles for every clan to explore so you don't you don't want one or two clans to be paramount in the storyline you want all of the clans to have something to add to the story
0: yeah I think that's one of the challenges for the system is you've got these seven factions yeah a minimum and they you kind of have to balance against all of that and that can be that's a that's a that's a challenge
2: it's, it's yeah it's it's a it's a you know it's a big challenge and it's You would need like a dedicated team of of people doing it, I think. You would need a dedicated team of people to write, which, you know, which Fantasy Flight have. um, But you would need, you know, someone to cover each faction and to figure out how the factions are interweaving and, you know, what each decision, you know, each decision spawns off on a decision tree. And then it's just madness. It's just spreadsheet city. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I just gave myself a headache keeping thinking of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> much easier to do with one strappy yeah. crane. Yeah,
2: so <laughs> right. so much easier. You, you don't you don't want me in charge of anything like that because <laughs> I will just break <laughs> everything.
1: Well, I hope that you will be able to write more adventures about that strappy crane for 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 a long time to come. But oh, thank yeah. you so yeah. much I, for coming I on so today.
2: <laughs> I, I appreciate y'all having me. Thank you for having me. <laughs>
0: appreciate no, it's been, it it's been great it really has been and uh, if anyone is, is interested uh, do you know when it's out do you know when
2: the ebook version is out june 1st and the paperback comes out in august i think
0: Ooh, so i would okay. i would having having read an advanced copy i would absolutely recommend it to anyone who likes l5r in in general because I think it really is the the great, the great novels in L5R in again. but especially like if you've read Poison River and you liked it, you want to stampede in it and get death's kiss as soon as you can. <laughs> well, Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, before we start off, is there anywhere that people on the internet can find out more about you? If they wish to find out more about you and your work.
2: Uh, well, they can always find me on Twitter. Um, uh, same Twitter as last time I was interviewed uh, <laughs> we'll put a link to that yeah. uh, shall we? uh I, I have a website um, but it is it is updated whenever I feel like it which is not mm-hmm. very often uh, and it's often <laughs> updated with things that have no bearing on my career whatsoever so <laughs> it's, it's literally just me writing reviews of monster movies that's all it is uh, sounds good so tw- Twitter is basically the big place to, to find out if you wanna you know if you wanna find out what books are coming out and everything, it's it's Twitter. And occasionally there will be I will send you somewhere else, but but mostly yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not hard I'm not hard to find. We, it's just hard to hard to find right. interesting things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have links up for for Zestkiss uh, on the Aconite webpage where you can uh, Purchase it when it comes out from a number of sources. So uh, you can put in your preview order right now. Um, but thank you very much again, uh, Mr. Reynolds, for coming on our show.
2: Um, well, I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you all. <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, Well, I think that that wraps it up for us today. Um, I did want to give a call out to the other shows on our Court Games network, including the L5R LCG podcast, our Live from Tokyo podcast, Tokyo the Five Rings, and our two actual play role-playing podcasts, Crimson Gold Agonies and Fortune and Strife, as well as our friends at D20 Radio.
0: Our content is funded by the Community Discord Patreon. That supports our editing costs as well as our website costs. And on our website, you can see longer-term information, summaries of our podcasts, great RPG tools, forums, and more. And for our patrons, we have special bonus content like Adventure Seeds, early access to our AP podcasts, and more. Online, you can find us at courtgamespod.com. On Twitter, we are twitter.com slash courtgamespod. And on Patreon, we are patreon.com slash courtgames.
1: Uh, This is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you
0: and i'm being covered and until we meet again keep your jade handy